0: Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show, coming at you on a Monday morning, as always, joined by Andrew Combo up to discuss the latest in the NBA. Combo, it's been way too long. Uh, how's it going, my man? Everything's good. How are you? Uh, good. I'm still jet lagged. Who knew that five hour time difference and at traveling 18 hours in a plane would, uh, would have such a profound effect on someone, but, uh, I'm, I'm getting closer to the time zone I need to be in and my brain is slowly functioning at more optimal levels.
1: That's how it goes when you travel.
0: Always, always. So how, what did I miss? <laughs> What's, we got to get into it. What did I miss?
1: I mean, we're going to talk about the OG trade. The Warriors and Lakers have continued to struggle and there's a lot of talk around Pascal Siakam at this point when it comes to trade targets.
0: Oh, lots to talk about, lots to unpack. My, my, my—you can see my mad scientist hair is in full force right now. Uh, I gotta get to the gym. Haven't been to the gym for like probably two weeks now, and my body is craving uh, some, some, uh, some bench press. Okay, that's good. Bench press is always good. You know, you could always work out without the gym too. Now you tell me. <laughs> I could have done that. You're right. Anyway, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. There's something about going to the gym, but you have to get to the gym at the right time because God knows Planet Fitness is a hellhole if you go when it's oh. busy. <laughs> so, Yeah. But we'll Planet talk about that is, later
1: on in the show. Yeah. Bro. I mean, there's definitely like rush hour times, right? I'm sure it's like five to or probably
0: like four to nine. It's probably crazy. Believe it or not, four isn't too bad yet. It kind of you can get into five o'clock where it's not quite there. But yeah, like 530 till eight or so, 830 is yeah, crazy. crazy. And then in the morning, it's bad to it early, but, nonetheless. all right, let's talk about the, uh, I've been going through a bunch of clips from OG uh, with the Knicks so far, some pretty impressive numbers. The uh, the difference in terms of what it was like before he got there when it was like after, let me just share a a couple of those numbers with you uh, as I get my notes up here. So overall the Knicks offensive rating over the whole season is 117.7 ninth. uh, And it was about that 117.3 before OG. Now, um, Since OG got there, their uh, offensive rating has bumped up to 120.8, which hasn't really moved the needle as far as ranking because everyone's now been scoring. It's been unprecedented. We can get into that in a minute. But um, the defensive rating is the biggest difference. So before OG, it was 115.5. Since the trade with four games under their belt, it's 103.1. I don't think I've ever seen a 12-point difference like that in net rating for defense before. So that's what we got to start with, I think. Yeah, I mean, they brought in a
1: guy who you could throw at some of the East's best wings. Will he totally stop, Giannis? No. But Jason Tatum versus OG averages about 19 points per game, well below his average. Um, Another guy, Jimmy Butler. We all know how playoff Jimmy gets. Another guy that the Knicks could possibly throw um, at Jimmy. So, yeah, he's going to really help them in the playoffs. And you mentioned the defense, but the offense, like right from the bat, I mean, the Knicks are now four and oh with og and you could just see that jalen and julius their two pillars have so much more room to operate on that side sure well before
0: we get too excited about the offensive stuff uh you know i, I had some other numbers there as far as usage did i write it down or i gotta look it up god darn it so they they go from and i think it's worthwhile to talk about rj barrett versus og anobi and how that all works and as, so, as, as basketball players are you saying well as as function in the offense you know it basically is what i'm saying because the usage rates. Um, did I just collapse? Where did that tab go? God damn it! Um, here it is. So the usage rate, with RJ Barrett with the Knicks uh, was at twenty six point six percent usage percentage, and that is in line with uh, you know Randall at twenty eight point seven and Brunson at twenty seven point six. So you had this like triumvirate at the t- very very top, right? Who were dominating the possessions? You suddenly go from that to um, what? What is he? OG is at thirteen point three usage rate. So suddenly, you're taking a whole huge chunk of someone who needed the ball and used a lot of possessions, and goes away. And then you're getting the more pure version, I suppose, of the Knicks' offense, which is you know Randall and Brunson. So that is, I think, also opened up some things on the margins. They're better offensively. They've seen in the last four uh, four uh, games, but I think that that's another. Just functionally, it's a lot different because, uh, well, you can you know, what are your observations so far? What what is um. What is OG bringing offensively to the the five-on-five the five scheme that perhaps they weren't getting as much with, uh, with Barrett? I mean, the most efficient
1: three-point shot or the highest value three-point shot, as everybody knows, is the corner three, not only because it's a little bit closer, but it spaces the floor. So it gives that team so much more gravity when it comes to the corner. And he's just knocking that down, catch and shoot at a high level. And RJ was not a guy that he could do that. Also, RJ operates in the same space a lot as Julius. So that's a big thing as well. Um, I just think it's a better fit overall with their two pillars.
0: For sure. And and we saw Randall now has taken a lot of that usage percentage and gone up to 33.2 in the last four games. Um, and so I'm not, I don't know how ecstatic I am honestly about that. I feel like Randall has a, there's a ceiling there in terms of how, uh, how much benefit they get out of him where the, and by the way, I'm sure all Knicks fans can um, commiserate is that there are he'll have these moments where he plays like four awesome minutes where he's uh, aggressive on offense, he's getting good high percentage shots, he's dishing the ball too, and becoming a good focal point of an offense. And then he'll go on like a two minute bender <laughs> where he takes terrible shots, turns the ball over, doesn't get back on D. It's it's like Jekyll and Hyde so often that it makes me worried about what they uh, what happens in the playoffs.
1: When it comes to processing the game, and for players that are all-star level because he is in that tier he's definitely on the lower level of all-star players when it comes to reading reacting and processing the game of basketball
0: absolutely well you know before i forget uh if you want to ask ask a question and have it answered by us super chat on youtube is the way to go it helps us keep the lights on this show going we really appreciate that and we have our first one the problem is it's um it's a it's a total left turn from the Knicks. Should we take a break from the Knicks for a second? And yeah, uh, we'll get back to the Knicks. Okay. So Alan wants to ask about um, Alan Tran. Thank you so much, Alan, friend of the breakdown. Uh, the Warriors are disaster, but between CP3, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Moody, they have assets, picks, and contracts they need to target. marketing. So we've been hearing a couple things. We uh, we're also hearing about maybe Siakam. Um, I think I might have a better pick, uh, better uh, solution than all of those. You want to hear it? Go ahead. What about getting Brogdon uh, from Portland?
1: Well, we were just talking about the Knicks. I want to see the Knicks get Brogdon.
0: Okay, so they already had quickly who you would have liked to have in that role, and now you want to you know, put Brogdon instead. Right,
1: runner-up of six man of the year. You trade him,
0: bring in the sixth man of the year. Okay. I mean, certainly Brogdon has that um, seasoning that quickly doesn't quite have yet. Uh, but by the way, I love quickly and well, I, you know, it's but coach,
1: Tick, it's not even like you don't have to compare it to quickly. They now have nothing there at that spot, you know, right. so
0: you're you know, so you're adding. Right. And, and I guess in theory, yeah, they're not making the deal for OG without quickly. Uh, right. It seemed like uh, and by the way, I, we have been talking about just to wrap up the, the Nixing a little bit more. In, you can go back two years and I said they needed to trade Barrett. I think I've been saying it for two years, maybe now. And I was saying it about Randall as well. But at the very least, you got to optimize all the way around Randall if you're going to keep him. And that's what they were doing. So, right. um, anyway, so I, I'm thinking that Brockton would be a nice way to cover for CP3, who's injured again with a fractured wrist for a while. Um, and that was probably known. I mean, it might have been a random. I got to look at the actual injury and how it happened. But the bottom line is uh, CP3 cannot stay healthy. And I think that was probably why it wasn't a good gamble to sign him in the first place.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's leading their second unit pretty well, but I think we've said for a while now that he wasn't the greatest fit with Draymond or Steph for different reasons. And, you know, the th- the problem is with the Warriors is that I have to look more into their assets, picks, and contracts that Allen is talking about, but CP3 and Wiggins don't have any trade value, really. And Kaminga and Moody are good young players, but they haven't shown enough yet. So you're almost you're almost looking at them like NBA draft prospects. Like we take their potential and we believe they could be this, but they haven't been this yet. So, how much trade value do they really have? Even though I personally believe in them.
0: Well, you know the Warriors fans are a uh, an interesting bunch to say the least, and um, you know they love Kaminga. He had uh, uh, he 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 went scorched earth uh, and started calling out Kerr, saying, "I don't understand why I'm not playing more." Yada yada. You know, it's always nice to play like the Pistons and then get your full thirty six minutes and feel good about it, right? But. um uh, and then Steph even came out and said, I talked to him about it. I know I'd be frustrated too, which was giving him some validation. But then also you can't bring that out into the public. You got to protect the team, which is another important thing. So I, I would be wondering if they're looking to shop Kaminga just like sort of that. He's just not happy with his role. And uh, they know they can't give him much more than they, than what they're giving him already. And if it's going to cause, you know, issues like this that goes to the media, then they might just make a move. Um, that said, Kaminga will have great games on in the box score. There's no question, uh, you know, high field goal percentage points, you know, uh, rapid points, ma- amazing plays. But he'll still make some of the more confounding plays as well and mixed in all that stuff. And there's no question that Steve Kerr is looking at this going, can I trust him to play in a tough game against Denver down the stretch? When I know he might throw the ball in the stands or he might step out of bounds. You know, or he might just, you know, uh, get out of control and take a terrible mid range shot. Like that's that, those are, you know, significant con- concerns that you probably don't have maybe as much with Wiggins, which is what happened in that Denver game when they went with him as they were, they lost an 18 point lead in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, I mean, but if you end up, if you end, if you want to maximize this era, I think you have to play Kaminga and Moody to raise their trade value at the least. Oh. And if you're not raising their trade value, you have to go with them for the future as well. So he played really well in that first half. So I understand his frustration, but I understand your side as well that he doesn't have total trust in Kaminga
0: yet. Exactly. Now, Kaminga, I think has a, a huge upside or huge value in the league. I think most people would love to get him. You know, for whatever, whether or not it works where he goes. So they they're they're in a good situation there if they want to trade him. Like they have a maximum value right now I think as far as the perception of kamika goes. Uh you know, I was going to do a video but I don't know, you know, how many people want to watch it uh to explain that little point I made about why maybe he doesn't get his 33 minutes a game because there's just moments where it's confounding. Um but that that I don't know if I, I don't know if people want to watch it. I don't know if I want to do that to him. We'll see. But um Moses moody is the guy who probably is more should be more frustrated because he's getting some dMPs and really uh getting yanked around the rotation when he's a guy that could probably help you more than some of the guys above him at this point um and that's that's confounding too so you know Steve Kerr is certainly getting his share of abuse out there in the social media sphere and um I you know whether or not it's merited or not they they're definitely aware of uh what the the numbers look like and what the lineup data looks like so um, you know, when they're trying to fashion some of these lineups, they know if it's working or not ahead of time. Um, and so it's always been that way with him, no matter how many times he's won, you know, how many championships he's won, they're, they're always trying to criticize him. It's an interesting, uh, you know, situation with the Warriors fans.
1: I mean, Darvin Ham is going through this as well. When you're with a high profile team, you know, you're going to find yourself, Plagued with criticism if your team is losing, no matter what. It doesn't really matter. So that's just something you deal with when you have a team that's in the spotlight or you're coaching Steph Curry.
0: Yes, exactly. And by the way, you're right. You know, the, t- the clock is ticking. Curry had a pretty bad game last night and they uh they got hammered. Um, so they need a secondary scorer off the dribble, somebody else that can create. Now, Brogdon doesn't necessarily become that either. Chris, Chris Paul wasn't really much of that as well. They would need somebody like you know who could you know like Kaminga can kind of do that right. He can put the ball down on the ground and go and get some buckets. But Zach uh, Levine, uh, Zach Levine is another intriguing case where um, you know I mean, do they send back like Clay? Like I don't know how that works. Because- why would the
1: Why would the Bulls take Clay?
0: I don't know but i'd much rather see zach levine like i don't know how you have clay and zach levine
1: clay has has no value right now
0: i know so unless it's just part of the package for salary and whatever because you know what i mean that's part of it too they you know they give them a first and and clay or whatever you know because there's gonna be some salary matching um now but i i would love to see zach levine like on a winning team once and for all now that said are the warriors a winning team i don't know but they certainly have a better pedigree than the bulls over over the last 10 years. Um and I think that he's probably done. He he's just not his heart isn't into it. He hasn't been able to find that kind of uh you know motivation to play better, uh, you know, at a high level until until he gets on a better team. So I would like to see that.
1: Yeah, there's some guys, you know, Brogdon's a guy, Pascal's a guy, Zach's a guy. Obviously, Zach and Pascal are, you know, a little bit better players than Brogdon probably at this point in terms of talent, but I want to see all those guys on contenders it was like the Eric Gordon thing for years just on those losing Rockets team like you wanted to see him fit on a team and he thought he got this chance with the Suns this year but that's another disaster in itself
0: oh absolutely well I wanted to take a second to tell you about how fun it is to download prize picks and discover how much fun it is by making skill-based real money fantasy sports entries and best of all you're only competing with yourself Prize Picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions including Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I love that you can choose two or more players from any sport. Pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. I went bold this weekend by picking Kirk Cousins to throw for more than 275 and half yards. Go Vikes! And Justin Fields, less than 184 and a half yards, bear down, and will add a whole new level to my game watching experience. As I hope some of these guys throw that ball down the field a lot. Go to PrizePicks.com/CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/CLNS. PrizePicks daily fantasy sports made easy. But speaking of uh, Siakam. I don't know how great of a fit that would be on the Warriors, to be honest. Uh, there's an not,
1: issue with there's an issue with Siakam, and I, I agree with you. I think when you're playing read and react offense, I don't think that might be the right situation for a Levine, a DeMar DeRozan, or a Siakam. Like they're just not that type of player.
0: I you know what I can in my mind's so eye picture Levine playing off the ball and attacking on the catch, getting closeouts and off of uh, curry gravity better than like the Siakam. Like will Siakam can he exist in the, in the sort of their their timing and, and, and motion offense uh, as well, well? I don't know. It uh, wasn't it wasn't a fit for the Kings either, though. Who for Siakam? Right, exactly. Yeah, and then also I think what they wanted back, um, and and, and uh, he's just not a shooter. Like if I'm trying to picture who the Warriors would want to bring in, it would be someone a that can create out the dribble, but then also shoot, which is like which is Levine. Levine would be the guy uh, that would probably really really help them. And can they plug him in in a way defensively that he can just be a net neutral there? I think so. Draymond coming back, they have enough pieces around that can kind of cover uh, on that end. And we've seen every once in a while, we've seen Zach Levine actually play good defense. And there is so, there is a defender in there that's decent. Uh, he's a, he's athletic to enough, to that's market. for sure. Yeah, he's insane uh, on the athletic ability. So so yeah. I would, I guess, you know what, I think you just talked me into Levine being the guy they need to get. Okay, well, um, you know who I like the fit for when it comes to Siakam?
1: Who? The Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Now that's interesting. It's I a think third guy. they're playing more in transition these days, and I think Pascal could really tap into what he was with Toronto when Kawhi was there, like finishing a lot of transition. And I think that's a really nice fit with Luca and Kyrie, and gives them some defense on the perimeter as well. Can
0: you hear that? Did that come through? Yeah, your applause. I appreciate it. Like <laughs> that, I, I'm and I'm never
1: never sure you how get the applause, first. right? Because that was.
0: Yeah, th- it was,
1: that a was great. You- that was a great <laughs>
0: trip. All right, yours truly. Um, and that was clean. It sounded clean, right?
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I'm doing other shows and it comes out all garbled. Anyway, um, I like that. I really do like Siakam at um in, in Dallas. Uh, by the way, the Allen's suggestion about marketing on the Warriors, I think, is also a good one. Uh, I think marketing would fit really well and just sort yeah, of, definitely.
1: You know, marketing probably fits well anywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. he he he's good on the ball, he's good off the ball. He could shoot, he could defend multiple positions. I mean, yeah, who, who can't use a guy like Markkinen? You know,
0: exactly. So I like and It reminds him that they passed up on um, uh, in uh, Orlando. See, Wagner, right? So see, like that's the thing. Like Siakam and Markkinen are probably
1: similar levels of talent, but fit wise, Siakam is a lot harder to find a place with a lot of teams. Just because he's not going to be your best player creating with the ball, and he doesn't provide gravity off the ball. So it's always an interesting fit with Siakam, even though he's an all NBA level player some years.
0: I agree. I agree. And mostly Flick like the shooting. He's just struggled from shooting. And, you know, it's clear to me, feet are too wide, doesn't have great rhythm. The alignment is not there either. Um, come, come, Pascal, let me help you uh, in the next summer. Uh, I think I can get him back. I can get him up to 35, 36 easy. Um, so, uh, that, that's the issue. They, they, you'd want to have some stretch shooting. Uh, you want to kind of recreate the Wiggins that they got when they won the title. And Wiggins right now, whatever, if it's what happened last year, it's just something there's something's, uh, a cloud over his head. He's not been able to kind of reconnect to what he was or at some point earlier in his career. And if they can't get it, then they got to move on. They don't have time.
1: Yeah, I don't know who you wants Wiggins at this point, but maybe he could go home to Canada. Maybe he's the best in Canada. Maybe. Like Ar- RJ just had 37.
0: Yeah, yeah, RJ looked look really good there. Um, we'll get back to the Knicks and the, and the OG stuff, too, because I, I think I have some more to wring out of that jersey. But we have the Drew Show. Thank you, Drew Show, the best you, friend Drew of the Show. breakdown. Great to see you out here. Thank you so much for the Oh, yesterday. no, 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 um, no, He says, say what you want about the Knicks, but Becky Hammond's dragging Jalen Brunson looks worse no, and worse no, by no, the no, day. No, he no, balls no. out. I take her over Pop, though.
1: No, 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 Wow, he's letting pop on. We we appreciate the super chat, the Drew Show, first and foremost. But Becky Hammond did not drag Jalen Brunson. Uh By saying he can't be a 1A dude on a championship team, there's about 495 players that can't. And there's a bunch of all-stars that can't. And there's even all-NBA players that can't. I don't think she was dragging him at all. I just think she believes that he's not a player that could be 1A on a championship team. How many guys in the league
0: could truly be that? I don't know, man. Because uh, the, the, here's the thing. It's like, well, what I... mean, all... even even if she's wrong, I don't think that's dragging him. Okay. And and, and by the way, the, it, the focus is for her on stature, on height, right? That's really what she's saying, right? No, she's just saying that she doesn't believe Jalen Brunson could be the
1: best player on a championship team.
0: But but if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to do the the, uh, the the combo finger point. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, you you know, you become most like the five people you hang around. So you must right. been uh,
1: hanging around combo a
0: lot. Well, hopefully, I, I I start to look like some of the five people hanging around because that would be good for me. Um, now, um, by the way, we really could have used to in Buenos Aires, and uh, we would have we would have really pulled it out. But I'm getting I'm going to edit some stuff together. If you hadn't known, I was in Buenos Aires for ten days, coaching uh, a 45 and over team. And um, they were gonna let combo play anyway. It all fell through, unfortunately. And man, do we need another ball handler and someone who could score. Um, but well, I'm gonna do a video on it. it. It was it was interesting to say the least. But um, but the thing about no, I think that Becky Hammond followed up with that thought process by saying like you know there's only been two titles you know with with, with uh, lead guards under six two whatever that stat was. I think Steph and was- Isaiah.
1: Oh well, Isaiah's not under six two, so I don't know who the other one is. Chauncey I think Billups? Isaiah was the one, and then Chauncey Billups. Who? Chauncey Billups? Yeah, he's probably like 6'4", isn't he? Yeah, he's big. That's like the only team in probably the last 20 years that won a championship without a top five guy.
0: Right. Okay. And so, you know, so she's not wrong. Like like whether or not she's, she's um, dragging Jalen Brunson, she's not necessarily wrong if you're just looking at the macro sense of like what teams have won. But you always hate to see somebody, you know, put some sort of limit that's kind of arbitrary and random in a way as well, where, you know, you know who knows? Maybe he'll prove the, uh, the, the the he'll become the exception to the rule. But um, a lot of times it, that, that kind of criticism of a player is like they're not like tough enough. Right. Like a lot of times that's why oh, know, he's, t- like, he's tough. Hem and Julius are tough. Right. And so if it, like Brunson probably the toughest player in the league, I would think, like pound for pound. I don't know if anyone's tougher than him. I wouldn't – Playoff Jimmy. What's that?
1: Playoff Jimmy is tougher than him.
0: Playoff Jimmy? Okay, I like to see that. I like to see them square off nose to nose and see who's going to actually
1: uh, – Jalen is tough though. He is very tough, man. Yeah,
0: and so so I look at that, and I also see him with a post-up game. That's probably the best post-up game in the NBA right now. Yes, you heard that, and I'm going to do the video. Maybe I'll do that video. No, I gotta do the OG video, I but yo- do I think, one on Jalen Brunson's. I post.
1: think Jokic is the best post player in the game, among a lot of other facets.
0: I'm telling you, I don't know. I'm talking about for, for for sheer post uh footwork in the post. I mean, I'll I'll do the video, it's the top four guys or whatever, and I'll put uh Jokic in there. Who else am I gonna put in there? Alfred and Shang-Gun. Yeah. Sengun, um, Jokic, and then uh, I guess I'm for 210 people right now. Luka. Uh, Luca's tough in the post. Luka is great because of the passing too. So you got to throw that in there. So well, Luka.
1: Jokic, Jokic has that same ability yeah, as a passer.
0: Yeah, and so does Shangoon. They all do. I mean, by the way, that makes you a better post-up player because you don't know if they're going to pass him or not. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, Hundred percent. Uh, so I, I mean, thought, it puts uh, the defense in a conundrum. You can't
1: double. You can't double Jokic when you need to double him.
0: Uh, right. Well, do you yeah. see last night? Right, he scored like nine points and had sixteen assists. So I have to go through that footage. I'm assuming it's going to be because they were doubling him and trying to get it out of his hands. And he's like, "Sure, please." Right, he he would yeah, probably he love care. that stat line every night.
1: You know, I mentioned Jimmy, but him and Jimmy are like two stars that it's really apparent they don't care about stats. They do it when they have to to win, and obviously, Jokic's
0: numbers are ridiculous, but yeah, they
1: don't care. They are they're, they're there to win. They're not there for stats.
0: Right. So at any rate, uh, but you know, Pop probably as a little filler on the end of that when he says he take uh, uh Becky over Pop. I, I think Pop might be toward the I mean, I think we all agree he's on the end of his career here, and it's probably maybe time at some Didn't point.
1: he sign a didn't he
0: just sign a deal? You know what? That sounds familiar too. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, listen, if I was in a situation that I'd been coaching all this time and i still feel like I can coach and I'm seventy, what is he, seventy-three? Something like that. Um I mean, and he like, got and he got and he gets to coach Wemby, that's a different experience. Yeah, but but he's seventy-four. You know, at some point, I'd be like, let's let somebody else take a shot at this. And, and you know, I, I think. But I get it. I probably would be in the same situation where I just want to keep coaching until I'm in the grave. Maybe Becky um, Hammond.
1: She's on the screen.
0: Right yeah, here. absolutely. And Becky, you know, she's she's proved herself to be a great coach as well. Um, all right, we have another super chat. Let's get to that one before it gets too late in the game. Um, King Jackie Joffer, thank you so much for the super chat. If the Warriors draft Lamello or trade down for Halliburton, who they worked out and loved, they'd have their actual young ace yes
1: yeah, great but, point
0: uh yeah because Lame- that lamello draft is that the same one as Halliburton? yeah they and they it.
1: um and they uh Hallibur a lot of teams passed out Halliburton that shouldn't have which yeah. i was saying during the draft that's not monday morning quarterbacking
0: it's a tough one man it's tough to deal with what are you going to do you know the draft is a crap shoot right uh and sometimes they sneak through and and you know it's it's I guess it's only your fault quote unquote or you're doing a bad job if it's over enough time and enough picks where you keep blowing them right because otherwise you're going to miss you know everyone's missed you know good picks uh, in their in their career without question
1: like yeah like OKC has done a great job but Poku
0: might have been a miss right Uh, I, I thought Poku was like uh, developing nicely. Now I like, I I like Poku, but you're right. You know, I mean, they took him late first round. So, I mean,
1: I don't, it's not like he has first overall pick expectations. So, yeah, yeah, but there's
0: no question that, well, LaMelo is interesting because he's been also injured every, all the time. And I don't, I don't think it had been different in the Warriors, but certainly Halliburton would have been that way. Or again, if it was, um, uh, you know, Wagner, um, Mo's brother,
1: yeah, I mean, he had
0: he shows some stuff in the NBA that he never showed in college. What the heck, Franz Fr- Franz Wagner? Why, I mean, this is my let's be my jet lag. I was like, what the heck is his first name? I did an interview with him last year. Do y'all see it they go watch it? It's a great, uh, uh, a great piece of uh content. Yeah, he's
1: uh, he, he showed a lot in uh, the NBA that he didn't show in Michigan. Why, he got better, he improved. Um, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I mean, the spacing of the NBA, the style of play in the NBA is totally different. And the choppy nature of college basketball is a tough place to evaluate talent.
0: But some players do it both places. Is it Beeline? Was Beeline his coach? We got to look at that. Someone tell me. Um, because we hear this a lot about college coaches, certainly at a certain age where they'll say, it's not my job to develop players. It's my job to win. And I think we talked about this before. I don't understand why those two things aren't synonymous. You know what I mean? What's the point of like this offense and limiting your players when, you know, you need them to have as much skill as possible to then win more games. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, uh, and we know this, we've heard a lot of coaches say this. Um, So in my mind, uh, Franz, did I ask him about it? Like, I almost feel like I might've asked him, like, did you have all these skills in college and just weren't, weren't allowed to show them. I don't think he would have lit up his coach, but, uh, that's, that's the interesting issue is are they put in the box? Are they forced to play like a certain way because they don't have the coach doesn't have imagination and all of a sudden, you know, all this explodes. You don't think that he suddenly in one summer developed the floater and the three and off the dribble stuff. And I do,
1: I think there's some of that. I I see what you're saying, but I definitely think he added craft to his game over time.
0: Uh, OK, I mean, and that's true. We saw that. I did a great video uh, a couple of years ago on Donovan Mitchell, who yes seemed to be an elite scorer in college and then becomes a 20 point a game scorer almost overnight. Just yeah, I sense. mean,
1: I was somewhat familiar with him in um, high school like he was a crazy athlete, but I didn't see that level of skill like in high school or college, you know, like yeah, he well, was, a, he, he, was, was a, he was always a ridiculous athlete. But the level yeah. of skill he shows in the NBA is just different.
0: Uh, absolutely. And I and I, and I went through it and we saw like, you know, the, the, you saw that the, uh, there was evidence of what he could ultimately do in the pros, but he wasn't great at it. And it probably just took, you know, some f- more focus, uh, you know, getting to be out of college or getting away from the college game where all you're doing all day is working on your game. Uh, and I, I also would suspect, you know, some better training. And that's a that's a huge uh, advantage when you finally get that once and for all full time. Yes. All right. I agree uh drew wants to say that i am the vitruvian man which is interesting because that would be the drawing that do you know the vitruvian man you know who that no, is no i don't it's leonardo da vinci you know that that famous drawing of the arms and you know i think he's making fun of my hair oh well but listen if uh if i look like uh the ideal man of the, that, that uh da vinci drew then thank you so much uh drew i appreciate it um, thanks drew but uh, anyhow, all right. Do we have any other ones? Not yet. No other uh, super chats yet. Coach so- Jake, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm always tough on the super chatters. Do you think that's the case? You feel like you're always tough on them? I don't think you're tough on anybody. I mean, oh. you might be tough on the court, but I don't think you're tough, uh, you know. Anyway. Oh, thank you, Coach Nick. Thank you. Yeah, well, we, so, we appreciate all the super chatters. You know, it's, oh, you know, it's fun to be tough on people, right? Well, it's actually, it's not fun. I don't like to be tough. I want to be welcoming and um and, and, and helpful as much as I you possibly can to a fellow humans.
1: You know, I never thought I was that tough on people. But whenever I go on another podcast, they go like, you really, like, you're really tough on people. You You tell it how it is. I never, like, thought I was, like, that guy who was, like, I don't know. It's tough on people.
0: And it's interesting. Well, yeah. um, and, and, and then, uh, Greg wants to think that I said that pop was senile. I didn't say he was senile. Like, come he on. he never
1: said, what is this thing that we do where we like, if we say something that isn't the most positive thing in the world, people throw it against you like the other total way. Like there
0: is no nuance in society these days. I know. See, I, I, I was just
1: tough on another listener. See what I mean? This is what I'm doing.
0: That's, um, that's absolutely right. I think Greg's laughing right now a little bit, but, um, but you know, uh, It's almost like that Adam Sandler movie, *Anger Management*. Did you ever see that movie? No, but I was watching a little bit of *Waterboy*
1: with my son. So, Uh, uh,
0: because I told you to watch it, we we watched it a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Maybe subconsciously. Uh, I know, maybe. Uh, It. it, By the way, that movie holds up. It's hilarious. We were laughing out loud.
1: It is funny. L O L ing. Yeah, it is funny.
0: Now I don't, because I'm not into all the other Sandler movies that much. I didn't really. I'm not sure I ever watched Happy Madison. I'm not sure I ever watched... uh, You mean Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore is really good. Is it? Yeah. Did you see Hustle? I've not finished it. Oh,
1: Hustle's good. Hustle's good.
0: Well, you know what the problem is? It gave me so much anxiety that I had to stop watching it. Which, by the way, tells you it's a good movie because... I mean, when he gets locked in the trunk and like this whole life is falling apart before our eyes and he's making bad decision after bad decision. And it's it's so I, I it was like, I don't I don't want to live in that space, even though they were doing a good job of presenting it. It was it was making me feel uh uh anxiety filled.
1: Yeah, my mom gets anxiety watching every basketball game ever. Is there a happy ending to that movie? Yes. Hustle. Yeah,
0: of course. Oh, okay. So maybe I'll try and get through it. I, I, I never mean, doesn't did, most like, movies, have, now, doesn't most like, yeah. movies with Adam Sandler have a happy ending? I, I guess, but this will, uh, but, uh, but un- wait, am I thinking about uncut gems or am I thinking about hustle? Hustle is with um, Anthony oh,
1: Edwards and one of the brothers that play for the Raptors, who, whose other brothers in the league, they play for the Spain national team, Hernan Gomez. Okay. Uh, you know what? Forgive know. me. Oh, what's his name? I'm
0: talking about the one where he's either the diamond uncut gems then, right? That's what I'm talking about. Where he's locked in the trunk and he's. Oh yeah. I don't know four. about that. Okay. So that's one. now the, the hustle one is where he's a scout, right? Yes. Another one I haven't finished. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. It's something hey, about Anthony it. Go back to it. So, you, but that one, that one, I can see being a happy ending. Uncut gems is probably not a happy ending, right?
1: I didn't see that. I don't know. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. All right. We have another super chat. So we have uh Joe B. Uh, Tsurugi Azukino. I wonder if that's a, um, is that a uh, anime thing that we don't know about? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the question here is, or the comment is how to explain the Lakers recent skid, IST hangover or Darvin's inability to coach being exposed. Or a combination of both factors. So not only did the IST, the in-season tournament, uh, the, you know, result in a win for the Lakers, in a weird confluence of events, right? Like they were able to kind of um, you know, get in with a um uh with that weird call they gave to the LeBron on a timeout on a loose ball, but then they get all the way to the finals, whatever. But it also coincides with Vanderbilt coming back. So there's an interesting take uh, out there that says that Vanderbilt coming back has gummed up the works for the offense and making it harder. It's interesting. We saw LeBron James say that we suck. I wish I had my comb. Did you see the combing of the hair or the brushing of the hair, LeBron, clip? No. You have not seen it? No. It is something to behold. Have I you saw eyes-
1: him. I wanted to hear your take on the reporter asking him about Ricky Rubio right after a tough loss.
0: Oh, you know what? I, I didn't mind that so much because it was negative, the whole thing. And he was so upset. Let's like, you know, change the subject for a second and give it some levity or whatever. Uh, you know, that that didn't feel bad to me. But it I, was, OK, it wasn't malpractice, but I thought it was bad timing. Um, You know, I get it. The guy was not from America either. Right. So sometimes they they don't have, um, you know, um, context. The, the They don't read the room as well, maybe because of the language. I don't know. Oh. Let's I, can call up this I mean, they saw the game, and you could read body language. I don't know, man. Uh, okay, I mean that's true. But I, I get, I'm a little out of the box in that head where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe no. that's because you're trying to just you know let's give them something good to talk about. It's positive. Yeah, I, I I rather
1: a tough question that relates to what's going on in the room, you know, than a
0: yeah. Oh, what's all going right, on there. here? Here, here is the uh, the LeBron James coming in here. What are we doing? And if you can't, you can't see this. If you're listening to this, he's just like, he's like incessantly crushing his hair as he's talking quietly. It's just weird. I don't know. I, I couldn't get over that. But that was—he's upset. Yeah, he's upset. That's what. That's he's really,
1: what bro. He's really bad. You could tell. He's really upset.
0: Yeah. And by the way, that hair looks really good. I hope I, if I ever need it like that. I but laugh. you know what?
1: Not to make this like about how great LeBron is or anything, but you gotta love it that he's in. What twenty years in the NBA and he's still this frustrated over losing? Like he really cares?
0: Uh, yeah. And by the way, you know, if I was, I was starting to do the video on the Lakers, they won last night, so it kind of is making me wonder, like, where are they going right now? Because I was kind of getting ready to show they're giving up open threes. It's really bad. That's the tough thing about content, right? The narrative could change at any moment. Absolutely, it's very, very tough. So, um, so it's, it, I got a pin on it for a second to look at it, but I did see some of those advanced stats and looking at numbers, and you know, LeBron is is, is is might be part of the issue as well. Uh, I hate, this, hate to say it, but uh, even though he's playing well, he's putting up numbers. Um, there seems to be some numbers there, the on-off stuff, where AD is very much net positive, and a lot of the other guys, but like LeBron is not, and um, that's interesting. We, we want to hear the number. I can call it up real quick. Let me grab it. Um, I'll tell you. Over, on overall in the season, if you look at the net, um, the net difference between offensive rating and defensive rating on-off, um, where is it? Where's LeBron? LeBron is. Uh, Oh, that's fascinating. It changed in, in like maybe two games. It was negative when I looked at it like a few days ago, and now it's plus 7.6. In fact, he's leading the team. So never mind. It's not LeBron. That is weird though. I swear to God, it was it was negative. I was like, oh, I gotta dig into this deeper, but maybe I don't. All right, never mind. What did I see? That's so weird. How did two games change it? But nonetheless. Anyway, so forget that. Um, but uh, so they're gonna do a trade. And this happens every year with LeBron teams or every other year where the coach is on this hot seat and, you know, Vogel wins a championship that gets fired, which I thought is kind of ridiculous. Um, they already had – how much would they prefer to have, like, Caruso and Kuzma right now? Like, it seems like that would be a nice fit for them. Caruso is a nice fit for everybody, it feels so
1: like. He's kind of like – I mean, he's not the player marketing is, but he's one of those guys that would just help almost every NBA team, especially somebody who needs a connective piece on the offensive side and guard multiple positions on the defensive side.
0: Right. Now, if you watched the game last night, if you saw the Clippers and Lakers, I watched a lot of it. Uh, it you know, a nice welcome uh, injection into the lineup was um, um, Chris Woods, uh, Chris Wood, and uh, I had said I. The problem is I did this Lakers video a month ago, early in November, explaining that Chris Wood needed to be in there a lot more with LeBron and AD to anchor the back side of the defense, and then he, he's a ball handling guy. Um, it, it hasn't borne out the last several games. I looked at those numbers, it really wasn't a great three-man lineup. But last night it was really valuable for them to have him grab rebounds and push the ball up a little bit on his own. Um, so they gotta be able to find more of that. I guess he's getting more back into the uh, the rotation. Uh and that's really what is getting people frustrated, right? Is the rotations that Ham is uh is not using. Uh there, there's no adjustments in game. Uh is he the coach? Is LeBron the coach? It's always one of those questions. Um but then and then is even- he the coach is a crazy question. <laughs> why he I think he tries to coach as much as the actual coach does don't you think no but I mean I mean darvin have is the coach though but I see what you're saying LeBron he, I mean he all veteran players are somewhat of a coach though I right? mean okay that's fair too yeah. um but uh at some point you got to, is it a pattern and and you know why does it keep happening to the LeBron teams I don't know but um I don't think can they dig themselves out of this what do you think
1: yes. Okay, I, I think mean, yeah. they have a way better chance than the Warriors. Do I have them as favorites? No. No, right. not at all. But I think they're still in the pool where if you tell me they're raising the title at the end of the year, I'm not absolutely surprised because you have AD and LeBron, and if they're healthy, they always have a chance. Right. And then we have to see what they do in this trade deadline. With the Warriors, I really think it's over.
0: Yeah. I and mean, I don't think
1: there's much wiggle room for them to make a move during the trade deadline.
0: But here's the thing. The Warriors like had had the Nuggets down 18 in the fourth quarter, right? There's something there. They they have ways of figuring out how to like hurt these really good teams and compete yeah, with them. So they, they also lost
1: that lead, which is huge issue. As they, well. they did
0: in a very short order. So that's the other problem, right? And, and then it's like a I mean, threat. and then
1: if they ever have to go against Denver, Jokic will dismantle them when it comes. Well, don't to the let end of Jokic
0: game. score a lot and shut everybody else down. I mean, that would be the goal. And um, oh,
1: he'll just destroy them.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, they will let Looney go to work on him and do you it know, with a pipe and uh, whatever and the. <laughs> Hit him a few times. Joker
1: never shows all his cards in the beginning of the game. No pun intended. Or maybe there was some pun intended.
0: Okay, I hear you. Joker, because that Joker is a card in a deck. Get it?
1: But it's also the truth. Like, he goes to some stuff at the end of the game that he won't go for, like, the first three quarters. Yeah. And then he'll go, like, 5-1 pick and roll, 1-5 pick and roll. Uh, I'm just going to post you up. I'm going to play the short roll. I'm going to shoot a one-legged three from, you know, 80 feet out.
0: All right, here we got another super chat. Let's go to that one. And let me um, do this. Is it full screen so I can see everything? Um, okay, so the Drew Show wants to know, thank you, Drew. Uh, Did you find any Manus or Scolas in Argentina? I think I might have. I went to the Manu Ginobili court, which is like in Buenos Aires. And they have this, uh, it's a really cool court um, where it, you know, it's painted on, the, on it. And it's where everybody knows to go for, the, for pickup. And everyone was whispering, hey, you got to watch this guy. You got to check this guy out. It was like a high level you know, pickup game we were watching. And I got to tell you, this kid's 17 years old and um, was 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 handing it uh, to, about, to these 20-year-olds who were pretty good. So uh, this guy might be, you know, really good. I don't know if he's the next compasso or whatever, but, um, you know, we'll see. So uh, it was fun to kind of watch him and see him, uh, you know, do his thing.
1: Yeah, those are uh, two very good players. Gold had a long NBA career. Man, one of the best lefties to ever play. Oh yeah,
0: so, yeah, uh, and I was actually talking to a coach uh, who was involved with them, with the Golden Era team, um, about Manu and in the notion of you know a lot of times coaches will get a player who will just throw kind of crazy passes and it's an amazing amazing vision that they have and you kind of shrug and just they're happy you have them, but I my my take on it was well can't we create players like that? Isn't there a way to to develop that kind of passing? And uh, I think most coaches say no. You're just it's just one of those things that you're lucky to you get. But I'm not convinced, and I'm still, you know, trying to figure out. I think I have to talk I to Mom to figure out if. Uh, I think, in this country, if we
1: played more no dribble or one dribble full court to warm up, we would develop better passers.
0: Okay, because I know I'll do drills where I'm like, "Oh, the only pass you can throw are the are crazy passes." You know, the crazier the better. That's uh, crazy, Coach Nick. Yeah, I know, crazy K- with a K. And so I um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of, you know, unlock some things and they have fun. It's, it's an interesting diversion. In what the is the definition of a crazy pass? You know, like behind the head or like, you know, off your off your elbow. I don't know, whatever. And it, it can't just be a regular two hand chest. pass. So it's like a turnover if you throw a chest pass. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, underhanded. I don't know. You know, through through someone's legs, uh, whatever it is. And like, you know, because it, it's a personality thing. Right. I think Manu. Um, his personality was such that he derives pleasure from throwing passes to teammates that would yield buckets, right? And so if you had that kind of pleasure, you're going to try and throw as many different kinds as you can because you realize it's not easy to get those kind of buckets. Um, not everybody has that personality where they actually feel good about that. So there might be a way to, to lean a little bit more that way or get them to, to t- get in touch with that a little bit, or, or maybe not. Maybe it simply is a personality thing. But if that's the case, then maybe we can identify more of that personality type and then teach them how to play basketball. Yeah, that makes right. sense. We got another one. Um, uh, let's see here. Super shouts rolling to today. Shouts to the super chatters. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, thank you so much. Upset. New York Knicks traded IQ. I think they. I think. I think they think IQ plus Brunson are too small to play together. Even though the combo has been statistically uh, good over a thousand plus minutes. Uh, you know, again, Thibodeau, I'm sure, has some notion of like. You know, when he was coming up, uh, interestingly enough, the Bulls had a deal with uh, Penny Hardaway and Nick Anderson for the Orlando Magic. And that was one of the first, like, really big backcourts. And so to, to respond to that, they brought in Ron Harper to have, again, alongside um, – Michael Jordan, one of the most underrated players I've ever seen. And by the way, the timing isn't exactly right here, how that works. They realized that Ron Harper and Michael Jordan together would be what they needed to solve that problem against uh, against the magic. And then it ended up giving them an advantage against a lot of other teams with a nice big backcourt that could play defense. So, um, you know, when that could very well be influencing Tibbs to this day, you know, and this notion that we can't have these small backcourts. But in reality, you can, you know, I mean, let's look at the two man lineup data if I can find it real quick um whenever you think you can't do something, the trend will have,
1: find a tipping point and it'll go that way like they used to say you can't win championship shoot at three pointers right like right well, you think
0: you can't win with a shorter guard
1: right I mean that's what it is now though what I mean
0: that's the trend that we're in now so yeah uh right exactly all right yeah. so if you want to see Brunson and quickly the two-man lineup uh in in 377 minutes, Uh, It was a plus 11.6, you know, which I think in the grand scheme of things is probably really good for uh, the most played lineups for them. Um, You know, I'm looking at some of these are uh, in the smaller sample size, but yeah, it's up there. So, yeah, there's no question they were getting a lot of mileage when they played them together, and they could definitely play together. Two dynamic guards, again, Brunson will take the, the focus. He'll draw an extra player near him. He kicks it, and then you're getting it to a guy who can really break down defenses as well on the secondary market. Um, that's really important because we we're learning with like the Warriors, for instance, is that Curry will create an advantage and then kick it, and then that guy who gets it, it was just losing his advantage right away, and we can't maintain the pressure, and that's, that's key in today's uh, NBA yes um you know i think
1: that it was a lot to trade iq but sometimes you got to give up something good to get something good and i do think it was the right move i also think iq is a better fit in toronto than he was with the Knicks. so it's better for everybody involved, in my opinion. Yeah, so, he
0: already looks. I mean, I see some highlights. So I have to get my eyes on some. Yeah,
1: of- I mean, him and Scotty Barnes is going to be a really fun mix. We've seen over the years that the little little initiator, big initiator thing seems to work. Like we're seeing it with Kyrie and Luka right now. Jamal Murray and Jokic just won a championship. Even back to LeBron and Kyrie, right? Like a bigger guy that can initiate offense alongside a quicker guy that can initiate offense as well and kind of break the game wide open with their scoring ability.
0: For sure. And, you know, Toronto has won three of four. The Knicks have won four in a row. So, like, this is a win-win for them, I'd I imagine, and they both feel good about it. There's no question, Knicks fans, you should feel good, even though you don't have it quickly anymore, uh, feel good about uh, – Uh, you know, swapping Barrett for OG. I think that's a a big win for them as far as fit. We kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, And, again, you're getting a guy uh, in Barrett who needed 27% usage rate. Now you're replacing that with half of that. Uh, And it's going to open up flow and and make it easier for uh, Brunson and Randall to get the best of what they do. Um, Plus, you know, uh, like Barrett's finishing at the rim was terrible, and it was frustrating to watch. OG is much better than that.
1: Yeah, he's a better cutter. He's a better shooter. He's a better defender. It's just yep. a way better fit with their two top two guys.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, we have Brian Cook. Thank you, Brian, so much. Thank you for everybody for being so generous today. Uh, Lakers caught lightning in a bo- lightning in a bottle last year against broken grizz warriors teams. Their roster is highly flawed, and their summer was overrated. I had to tell you, I kind of liked what they did, except for keeping. I kind of felt like they needed to get D'Lo and upgrade at that position. Turns out they kind of maybe need him with what they have now anyway. Um, but I kind of like what they did on the margins. I thought it like it shorted up some stuff. But man, um, they, they they it isn't working. And then the starting lineup that worked so well for them last year, they they were kind of refuse to play now.
1: Don't you think that the season has ups and downs? And we saw they get they saw we saw them get their ups with the in-season tournament, and now they're on their down. And don't you think they could just trend upwards again? I mean, it sometimes it's good to take a little bit of an elevated perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean they got to figure out some adjustments. They got to figure out, like I guess, lineup stuff. Most of all, Reeves probably has to get back in the starting lineup. And they again, they have to remember uh, that Chris Wood is, you know, it fits really well with them. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Reeves so- is
1: their third best basketball player, right? Who is? Reeves is their third best basketball I player. I mean
0: probably, yeah, the way yeah. this is shaping up. Um yeah. now, you know, Rui has to get healthy because I thought he was somebody who really helped them uh, a lot and then couldn't could not figure it out again. Like you know, almost like he started over from scratch when he should have been building on last year. So that's a frustrating thing. And that could have also been related to uh playing time as well. Like that they, I, I listen, um Darvin Ham deserves some criticism. He hasn't he hasn't managed the lineups well enough. Uh and then, you know, Gabe Vincent comes in and looks good for them when he plays, but he's, you know, it was a bust of a, of a pick. They didn't know he's going to get hurt, but man, uh, it's killing them. that think he isn't playing at all. All right, let's get to Bron. We have another super chat. Have you checked out the zone? The jazz are running. The wings are spread out with backs towards the three. You were tagged under a video on Twitter. I did see this. And, uh, you know, listen, have I, I passed myself around a little bit and we talked, but that said, they could also be looking at what, uh, the Miami heat did with their two, three zone with, uh, Lowry and, um, uh, Robinson with their butts to the sideline as on a 2-3. But it's very similar to my defense, the Chase defense, which is what I had them facing the basket as well. Um, it really helps to, to combat any kind of pin downs and off all screens um, and then take away uh, cuts and they can see the floor better. So uh, I have seen it. I need to get deep into it. Uh, I've also seen uh, Drew Holiday playing the center in a 2-3 zone for the Bucks. I think is something that was pointed out. I, I recognize there. Maybe uh, Caitlin Cooper he's saw just,
1: it. He's just as strong as most centers. <laughs>
0: Uh, absolutely right he's got a great center of gravity and like it's yeah. low and strong uh i mean i would seen like lebron try to post him up and he's he stood him up and kept him in where he was going or in place yeah. so uh i but i need to check it out a little bit more uh again i have a little bit light on the jazz footage these days um you know i get to that point in the season where i kind of just want to see like you know teams that are executing well and 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 playing well but um uh i will get to them as well and and check it out so but i'm interested so thanks brown for, for pointing that out for sure But again, we got to look at how we play defense. It's not working. I think uh, the the seven all-time greatest offensive ratings we've ever seen are all this year. It's very interesting. You know, I was thinking about this, and maybe
1: it's my connection to you that started this conversation in my own brain, but NBA offense from an individual level and a team level has far exceeded the evolution of defense at an individual level and team level.
0: For sure. I mean, step sliding doesn't work. Choppy step closeouts, hands high, doesn't work. We need to get radical and figure out better ways, better footwork, better you know uh, biomechanical motions. You know, We need to use a lot more I – mean, I say this all the time. We need to use a lot more of the offensive footwork on defense. That's going mm-hmm. to level the playing field better. Uh, and honestly, I feel like what I developed with the playing behind the ball on a zone, uh, it could also be a recipe that really helped level that playing field as well and cause uh, the kind of havoc that you need to cause um, with the way the blue players are so good these days with the ball in their hand,
1: you're the Elon Musk of defense, an em- no, innovator, oh, a forward sinker.
0: We're not using him, no, thank you. I do not want to be compared to him. All right, let's get to um, here. This is uh, no, how do I what's the word I'm looking for? I don't have one of those. No, That's good. We're- I'm, I got to come up with a better, uh, bad sound effect. All right. The age of brevity. Thank you so much from Canada. Uh, what, if anything, is okay see, missing to win a chip now? I was Nothing. Just talking about that. What's that?
1: Nothing but Nothing. experience.
0: Right. Because, like, you you'd, you'd say to yourself, okay, they need one of those really tough first round, you know, seven game losses to like get them galvanized and then strengthen, and they're ready to go the next year. But maybe not. Maybe they don't need to go through that. Maybe they're ready to go do it now.
1: Chet filled every gap that team needed from a pick-and-pop big, pick-and-roll big, and even more importantly, a guy who could protect the rim on the defensive side, which they were missing for years. And they got the guy, SGA, who's tailor-made for the playoffs. Like, he's great in the regular season, but the way he gets into the mid-range and creates his own is just what you need in late shot clock and end-of-game situations. Oh, so, but but I think they're with the, I think they're ready... Uh, What'd you say?
0: The, the, the Jalen Williams without the Y in the I... Uh he, that dude is just just tough. He's oh, yeah. the guy that's the expert. I mean,
1: he's he's a future all star. For sure. Um but yeah, you know, Chet filled every gap. SGA is the player that you need and um yes. in the playoffs. Well, so. You know,
0: can they upgrade like Josh Giddy? Do they need to upgrade him? Oh yeah. I mean, he doesn't
1: fit well with SGA too well, and he's struggling this season, but how much trade value with all his off the court stuff does he have right now? Right, that's the only thing.
0: By the way, he 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 actually is on low volume, up to thirty seven percent three point shooting, but he doesn't have any gravity anyway. And you'd think that what you'd want alongside him is a guy who's just lights out, like, you know, like Luke um, Luke, um, who's a lefty on Memphis. Canard, thank you. Like Luke Canard would be the guy well, you'd want alongside SGA.
1: Luke Canard never gets opportunity like he should.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had it in in in, uh, in in L.A., and I think that that was two- not out- really
1: Tyloo didn't Tyloo used to play with his minutes.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I, I feel like I did see it did more. He was he was a lead playing lead guard off a bench. You know what I mean? And like getting because he can handle the ball really well. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think he needs to get onto a. I mean, you know, here's a question: uh, Will um, Will Memphis turn this around now with Ja?
1: I mean, it's been ups and downs, but it, they came out with a bang. Uh, I, I think so. I think they could get there.
0: Let me just see here since draw came back. What what's their record here? Do you know? Um let's see here. Game logs. They are um here in uh, in the games he's played. Well they won, they went, they won four in a row, then he didn't play, and then they lost two in a row and they won. So that's five and um two, five and three, six and three. So they're six and three with him on the floor. And then he hasn't played a couple of these games, you know, in and around there. So that's that pace would probably get them pretty close to the play-in tournament at the very least, right? Yep.
1: And yeah. You never know; they could go on another winning streak.
0: Yeah, it's too bad they can't get Steven Adams healthy. I don't know what Brandon Clark's situation is if he's going to get healthy again. Because if they had those two guys as well, then all of a sudden they're like they they might even be title contenders with the, with that full team. I swear. Oh yeah, right. I mean, so
1: what I was saying is like. Thinking back to my point with OKC, they're in the like title pool. I wouldn't have them as the favorites because I think Denver will win. But they they're
0: one of those teams like the Lakers that have an outside chance, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like they're a little bit little bit light. They need to have maybe like a little bit, they need to find a little bit more depth somewhere. But mm-hmm. um, because that's where it's gonna kill you too. When you're getting down to uh some of the teams some in the of the playoffs, players,
1: don't you usually only play seven, eight guys anyway?
0: Uh yeah, but like their eighth guy. Is it Isaiah Joe? Who's your eighth guy? Is it Isaiah Joe? Let's see. Um, You know, in terms of or Kendrick Kendrick Williams. You know, there's there's some marketing talk. That's the question, and I like Isaiah Joe. Like he seems aggressive uh, in in his moments. So and he's not intimidated. So that's big. But um, that's the question: is can you can you have on the margins a couple of those guys before you who don't have uh, the respect of the referees, perhaps? And you know what's going to happen deeper in the playoffs, but I think they're they're pretty good, they're really getting close. But they how probably, about, like, how oh. about
1: marketing? What how about marketing for them?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, again, marketing fits anywhere he goes, but yeah, that might be uh, an awesome fit for them, uh, as well. I wonder, sure. they, they must have enough with Josh Giddy and a bunch of picks to get him right, like, I mean, or, or maybe do you do like Giddy for Brogdon or something like that? Is that
1: insane? I like Brogdon more in the Knicks. I don't know why. I feel like he fits the Knicks timeline more than um, OKC's really young. And it's, like, it's almost like the Portland Trailblazers thing all over again. Not in the sense of that that the Trailblazers are on the same level of play OKC at all, but just they're a bunch of younger players, you know? Right. Well, but you know, maybe uh, that veteran uh, leadership could help, but I don't know. I think um, I like marketing there better.
0: Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, let's see here. We have Joe B, uh, is saying right now for me, it's Wemby Chet and Jaime on the all rookie first team. Who do you see occupying those last two first team spots? Yeah. Haquez has just been a revelation to me in the pros. I-, I had said for the four years he was in UCLA watching him, he'd never get a chance to do play that way. Um, th- this athletic ability he has is a revelation to me as well. Uh, apparently he was banged up his senior year. So that's why he wasn't flying, but man, um, and and to top of it all off he went to the absolute perfect situation right he went to Miami the one place that's going to develop and they going to give him opportunities and there's going to be people injured where he's gonna be able to slide right in there so um absolutely uh, those are the three for sure who else are we missing now for the rookies I, I think rookie. you know when Derek Lively got drafted
1: by Dallas I said that that would be a great fit for Derek and Dallas because you need that rim running guy who could yeah, catch lobs and he's been playing really great and Bradley Miller has been, you know, going under the radar a little bit, but he's solid. I think he's going to be one of those guys like PG-13 that really has no weaknesses on the floor. So oh, wow. uh, I think those guys have been playing really well.
0: All right. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I'm trying to think, like, Scoot has not been great, and um, although I think he's perked up recently. Actually, I watched um, them play Brooklyn yesterday. He
1: didn't even get minutes at the end, you know? They yeah. didn't even, like, they they had, a, like, a close fourth quarter and an overtime, and he didn't even get opportunity. But um Anthony Simons was
0: killing and and Brogdon had big shots in, in overtime. For sure, for sure. Um Brandon Miller, I, I feel like yeah, he played for Alabama. I I'm picturing he played in the NCAA tournament. I think last year. That's what yeah, him. he I'm was he at. was
1: tough in college. He was. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I like his I like his game too. So, all right, there you go. That's that's a good breakdown for what, who can fill those last two spots. Um, and I think we're getting ready. I mean, this is about an hour here, and really, really great show, combo. What is, if we have to like go, you know, two weeks off to get a show like this? And maybe we have to do that more often. Maybe I don't know. I want I don't want to miss it. That's too long to go in between. But listen, we had a great show, great audience here too. So. Um, Really, really ter- uh, terrific. Let's oh, keep oh, let's wait.
1: keep let's keep this time.
0: Yeah, and then someone's bringing up at the very end here about Mark Cuban. Did you see his little rant or his little thread about DEI? Was no diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, is this some political stuff we're about to get into? It's a little political, but yeah, but uh, you, you know, he folds it into how he, the, you know, either hiring practices or the way you manage a company. And uh, there's no question that having. Uh, those tenets of diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion uh, are really Im- are important ways to run your company if you want to run it successfully. So that's what Cuban was trying to say. Uh, and then, you know, Musk is it w- was trying to say that that's all BS. So there you have it, why, you know, Musk doesn't deserve to be focused on this show. But um, even though I might even drive one of his cars, I, I hate to say it, but... Um, but I will is- say driving a Tesla, is, is, is it, it, it's, it's the way a car should drive.
1: Wow, that's a, that's awesome, Coach Nick. You know, sometimes if you disagree with somebody in certain ways, it's good to have that maturity to agree with them in other ways. And I have a book that over here um by Jordan Peterson, and one of the chapters is called "Abandon Ideology," uh, and that's
0: what I do, Coach Nick. You you actually put money in the Jordan Peterson's pocket combo? <laughs> why? Do you, why does everything have to be so political with you? He has. He's a
1: great, he has great thoughts.
0: No, he doesn't. (laughs) Jordan Peterson.
1: Have you ever ever read his books?
0: Uh, I haven't read his books, but I certainly have to deal with listening to him talk uh, ad nauseum. And we'll have to have a discussion at a later time. uh, And and we need some more enlightening, unfortunately. But we have another super chat. Let's get to that before we wrap up the show. Ruben uh, Venancio. And by the way, we're wrapping it up. So, you know, Super Jay, if you want to throw one in there, the we'll last one, maybe we can get in there, but we're going to, I guess, maybe finish with this one. Uh, Ruben, thank you so much. Hartenstein and, and OG are top five and plus minus since the trade. Do you think the Knicks should keep him as a starter, even when Mitch returns? So we can find, there's a show that we did about Harten. I mentioned Hartenstein and Stein, how I like, how great I liked him with them We both like him. And he's that guy that no one wants to play, whatever. So I'm looking at OG's clips right now all morning. And, you know, there's good stuff in there, right? He's making an impact. But guess who's the guy who's making a much bigger impact in all these clips? Hardenstein, Hardenstein, without question, defensively. So um, I think – and it, plus offensively – o- And offensively, he's a connective piece. Exactly. He kind of plays that H- – he plays that Draymond-type role. A little bit, yeah, m- and much more than, than Mitch uh, does. So 100%. without question, yeah, let, he needs to start. When is does uh, Robinson come back? Oh, he's done, I think, for a while. Is he done for the season? Yeah okay so i don't have to worry about it then um oh
1: man and um somebody got really hurt with the nets the kid that used to be in the g league ignite he's a big forgot his name he hurt his knee bad yesterday i felt bad for him
0: not like claxton or anything
1: Nah, not claxton um i you somebody know what say in the in the in the chat huh.
0: yeah well hopefully they you know by the way acl tears now you come back better these days
1: it's not fun coach
0: nick i hear you but there, one two years there's ago. a light at the end of the tunnel there um, is. All right, we have Drew. Show man, Drew, you're just you're always there for us. I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, um, yeah, I <laughs> think Combo just get fired. No, don't worry, Drew. We're gonna straighten Combo out. We're gonna make him, you know, we'll 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 make him, um, we'll make him see the light. At any rate, so don't worry. But uh, Combo- I, listen, guys, oh, just- listen. Can I say one thing? I
1: pay attention to the message, not the messenger. Always remember that about me. I have no alliance yeah, to people because That's of their true. thoughts. I just listen no. to their
0: thoughts if they're I mean, good. I mean, you've seen what he said about like about trans people, right? I mean No, I did not see anything else but ah. what I read. So you're operating out of um, okay, I, I see how this is working. All right, well we'll we'll enlighten you a little bit more about Jordan.
1: I'm Peterson. not in the political sphere, Coach Nick. No. I'm not all at right. all. All right, well I am in the self-development philosophy, evolutionary
0: psychology, basketball sphere. OK, not well, politics. I'm going to have to go. I got to record my political podcast uh, in, a, in a little bit. So I got Which to just basically right what up. that chapter is about, abandoning
1: ideology and politics.
0: OK, like, well, no, all right. I mean, I'm not, more about not, like, this not, democracy, not, not putting a one size fits all suit on your thoughts. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, th- that, that's OK. That's fine. But just yeah. you got to be informed, I think, if you're going to, you know, uh, support people. I said th- I said the
1: message, not the messenger is important to me.
0: Yeah, I, I have yet to see a good message from this person who is uh uh a caveman, Jordan Peterson, the way he views the world. So we'll 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 I'll i with you know some stuff in, uh, It's good. Time. You know, we're um you're either getting better or you're getting worse, and we're hitting into new topics here on the B-Ball breakdown live show. Right. Um, so there you go. Um but uh, yeah. By the way, if you're interested in the political podcast, you can always fly over to the the Muckrake podcast. Me and my partner, my other partner in crime, uh, Jared, do a uh, a really good um, sort of deep dive and um, into the politics of today with a lot of uh, historical context to try and draw you know a lot of where we were uh, and and how we got here today. So uh, you know, head over there if you're interested in there. It's a it's a big big audience as well there. So uh, and kind of an interesting take and make make, make make you think about some things. You, what know you, what's been
1: on my th- you know, what has been on my thoughts recently, Coach Nate, uh, not to get a little philosophical with you,
0: uh, but seeking the mic so we can hear you better.
1: OK, so I feel like sometimes when people talk with enthusiasm, fluency and they have credibility, people will just believe them because of that, even though what's coming out of their mouth is total nonsense.
0: Uh, yeah, listen, if you try and like Vivek is like, like that, Ramaswamy, it will, will speak in some authoritative tone, but when you actually listen to what he's saying, it's like, uh, ridiculous and ill thought out and not really well thought out, but he, he, he's mastered the ability to look like he's smart, I suppose. So you yeah, there are those people too.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's some former NBA players that this, that fall into this category,
0: uh, it, in terms of their, uh, work during live games or, or does no, that- I mean like they have credibility um they're speaking with great
1: verbal dexterity they have enthusiasm and obviously they have the credibility because they were former nba players and they just make a ridiculous take that makes no sense at all yeah people will believe it because
0: of those things yeah yeah uh i we know what you're talking about i believe and uh (laughs) we can talk about it after (laughs) <laughs> All right, man. Great show. Thank you everybody for being here. Thank you, Drew, and everybody else for the super chats. Really, really generous of you. It really helps us keep the lights on. And uh if you missed most of the show, or you or a lot of the show, or any of the show, and you want to hear it, uh, it gets posted live, or sorry, it gets posted immediately or soon after as a pod uh, audio wise. So you can always check it out there wherever you listen to your podcasts. And um thanks, Combo. It's great to have you back. It's always great talking. To great to be back. I don't know, but either way. Uh, And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in?